Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Come on, come on. You know, I was sitting there thinking, I should hurry. People have to get to brunch. And then I felt like we spend three hours at the movies. We can spend three hours at church. So you're welcome to leave at any time. We bless that egg casserole in Jesus' name. Um, I just, I don't want to get in the habit of rushing through things because that's how it's supposed to look. And if you know anything about this house, you know that we are truly after the presence of God and partnering with him and allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. And who knows, sometimes our time frame doesn't always look like his time frame. So I'm, I'm unoffendable. If you need to leave because everybody's coming at your house or whatnot, you go. I'll bless you. I don't have a long preach this morning, um, but I, do, I don't want to rush through anything. And, and I had asked two people, Kristen and Bobby, if y'all are here, come on up. I just feel like the Lord really wanted to highlight people this morning, and we would do this on a typical Sunday, and so I, I felt like Easter didn't need to be any, um, any different. Resurrection Sunday didn't need to be any different. These are two incredible leaders in our community, Bobby and Kristen, and I asked them if they would ask the Lord for a word for some of you this morning. They might prophesy over one of you, two of you. I don't really know. Um, if you are new to this, my really short explanation of the prophetic is that it is God's gossip and God has really good things to say about his children okay so God has gossiped to his son and daughter to release um, information about your life that are hidden treasures things you probably already know Um, and and God's a highlighter who knows like you read scripture you do a devotional somebody prays for you you get prayer you know the next week and it's like God's saying the same thing anybody ever had like themes happen in their life that's typically because God's trying to pull out something he's trying to make known something in your life that he put in you because he created and designed you so I'm just going to give them the mic and let them go. Yeah, two people. Let's see. You know, you, you here in the, in the flowery dress? Yeah. You can stand up. Yeah, God, we just thank you for her. What's your name? Christian. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's just reach your hands towards your guys. We're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We thank you that you're here and you love to talk to your kids. And I, Christian, I saw over you, I saw you in education. I saw you around people that are mind molders and you started to, well, the, the spirit of truth is on you that you're being led into all truth by the Holy Spirit. And, and you're actually able, there's a grace to minister to these people that are like political edu, slash educational. There's just direction there. And it was because God was bringing truth upon you and you're helping people see the truth. Yeah, so just, and if, and if this makes any sense or not, what, what does that mean to you? Does that mean anything to you? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Come on, okay. Yay, God. So we just bless her, just rock her, God, more of you in her life, and, and uh, yeah, rock her sphere of influence. And, and then there was another, uh, it was actually you that did the, uh, the, no, like the rap song, you know, the awesome, 
Yes, yeah, spoken word. Mercy. Yeah, so I saw, I saw you also, um, I saw you justice was a huge thing on you, and I saw you leading and releasing people that had a justice call. So, for example, I saw this person that I know in my mind, her name's Erica Grieve, and she actually releases uh, kids that are slaves, and she frees them. And I don't know if that's you specifically doing that, but I see a grace for you to the people around you to inspire and activate that, that call of justice in their life. So just take it. Yes. Hey, you, you know what? So you that raised your hand back there, actually. And I love it. That's good. I, I, I saw you were highlighted during worship. So you could stand, please. And... And actually, I saw you as a leader. I was going to say, hey, and try to point out leaders, but I saw you very highlighted. And I feel like I should know who you are. Maybe, maybe people know you already. But I saw you as a leader to everybody around you, really. And, and they're just great things in your life. I saw your voice being heard. So I don't know what that looks like. I saw, well, through media and through gatherings. And also for you to... And another thing is activate and inspire other people that are, that are coming under your wing to have their voices be heard. So if that's, I don't know what that is, but it's media, either if it's a blog, whatever it is, just releasing that sound and, and, and releasing daughters and sons to, for their voice to be heard. Yeah, so we just bless you in that. Um, okay, so during prayer time, I, I want you in the collared shirt with, I think it's burgundy sweater. Could you stand up? Yeah, you. Uh-huh. What's your name? Oh, man. Gasongo. I got it. <laughs> I'm Kristen. Okay, so um, we got to pray together during that prayer ministry time, and I couldn't stop thinking about you afterward. And so I wanted to stand you up and just... Um, call this out before everyone, that you are a powerful man of God, that you are a mighty prayer warrior, and that your prayers and your words shake and shape things in the spirit, and that he is um, not only raising you up, but raising you up to lead and to really move things. And I feel like so much has been done behind the scenes, but you're going to see the fruit of it bursting forth. And then um, also you, Shana, or Shana, can you stand up as well? Okay. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this couple. I thank you, God, for bringing them to this house. And I just declare joy over you. I just see supernatural joy and peace. And um, there's going to be a new way that you're releasing it. So I just feel like as you go out of this place, like you're this beautiful rose that has such a sweet fragrance, and you're just releasing Jesus and his love to people just so effortlessly with how you move, how you walk, how you just breathe, just who you are. And um, yeah, so that's what I got. <laughs> Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. It, Cassie is a worship leader, so Bobby kept talking about her voice, and he didn't know that she's a, she's a singer. Amen. Come on. Well, you know, statistically, they say that Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, and Christmas are the two most attended Sundays for the church. No pressure at all. And um, as I was thinking through what God wanted to, to release here, this, this Resurrection Sunday, I kept just being reminded of the Word of God and the power of God. And I love that we've already seen the power of God this morning, many of you getting prayer for healing. 
But I wanted us to, to read through the four accounts of the resurrection. Yeah, I said four. We gonna do it, okay? Some of y'all ain't read your Bible all year. I'm gonna catch you up real fast, okay? Listen, the word of God is alive and is powerful and it should be on your hearts, okay? There's something really mighty about the word of God that we need, to, we need to get in every single day. So I'm Southern and quick. I'll get through it as fast as I can. You just strap in. We're gonna go to Matthew 28. We're gonna start in verse one and go to 20. Oh yeah, we are. Oh yeah, we are. Turn to your neighbor, say, get ready. Come on. All right, Matthew 28, one through 20. Get there, open up your Bible apps. Come on, y'all, get your Bibles out. Don't just listen to the person up front, read for yourself, all right? Here we go. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb, by the way, in RSV. No, New King James Version. That's what I'm reading from. Some of y'all ask, New King James. Verse two, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Something really cool right there. Uh, in the Jewish culture, a teacher would sit in order to gain authority in the area. So the angel comes and sits on top of the stone. Verse three, his countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. I want y'all to circle verse seven because we're gonna come back to this. So he went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to, to bring disciples, ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go and tell my brethren. I just lost my spot. And go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the, some of them came to the guards and to the city and reported to the chief priest and all the things that had happened. This is where it gets real crazy. This is soap opera. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while they slept. Haha. <laughs> And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported amongst the Jews to this day. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. For I am with you always, even to the end of age. We're gonna jump into the next gospel, Mark 16, turn with me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are your four gospels. Just turn a couple more pages to Mark 16, one through eight. These are a lot shorter than that first one, bear with me. Mark 16, one through eight, it says, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, brought the spices and they, they came to anoint him. They were coming to anoint his dead body. 
very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said amongst themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? I mean, imagine they're literally walking to, to, to Jesus to anoint his body. And this, this, um, this stone or multiple stones, it could have been weighed over two tons. So imagine you're walking, you, you're just going to, to anoint his body with spices and fragrance, and you're like, so uh, who's going to roll that, that stone away for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they lay him. Circle verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Turn a few more pages. We get in there. Luke 24. Luke 24, 1 through 12. This is only 12 verses. This is Luke's account. We got this, Pastor Jesse says. Come on. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened. As they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day he will rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned to the tomb and told all these things to the eleven to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Listen, don't tell me women can't preach. Mary Magdalene was the first preacher of the good news. Verse 11, and their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths laying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself what had happened. All right, come on, this is the last piece. We're going to turn a couple more pages and read John's account. It's only nine verses. If your neighbor's falling asleep, hit him on the shoulder. John 20, 1 through 9 says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Can I just pause here for a second? John's talking about himself, okay? The one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple <laughs> started for the tomb. This, this part cracks me up. The, the word of God is actually pretty humorous. Verse four says, both were running, but the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. John's like, I need, I need everybody to know I outran Peter. John's literally talking about himself. He bent over and looked at the strips of the linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there. It was, it was linen that was wrapped around Jesus' head and body. 
as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head, the cloth was still laying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, he really wants y'all to know he got there faster, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now that I've caught y'all up on your Bible reading for the year, there are two main themes this morning I want to highlight to you. And it's not anything that I made up because it, it rhymed or it matched or had the same letter. It's literally pulled out of the scripture that you just read. There are two themes. The first one is he is risen. So we are to go and tell people. The second, the second thing that the angel says that's recorded in all four of these gospels is that he goes ahead of you. He's gone ahead of you. The reality is if he has truly risen, if he has truly risen from the grave, if he died and on the third day rose again and is alive and moving and active, then we have news that the world needs. This is wild that we, most of you I think are believers in here this morning. If you're not, you will be at the end of the Sunday. But, but the fact that we believe that a man walked the earth, that he was blameless, that he was sinless, that, that he went and healed, that miracles, signs, and wonders followed him, that he died on the cross, that he took on your sin, he died and he rose again and he lives today. This is news that we shouldn't be quiet about. If he's truly risen, then everything, everyone is impacted by it. In all of these accounts that we just read through, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's a highlight to the hope of the resurrection. The future literally relies, our future relies on the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and I know that there's probably some of y'all that came in here this morning and you're thinking, yeah, I, I need some hope in some areas because I came in and, I, and I'm not really feeling it. Well, God is in the business of resurrection. And there might be others of you and you feel like your marriage is dying or there's something in your life that, oh, I just need to give birth to a new dream. Well, I just need to resurrect this thing. Well, good news, God is in the business of resurrection. It is his business. Come on, touch the person next to you and say, he's in the business of resurrection. Y'all feel real sleepy this morning. I'm gonna need you to wake up. Listen, I, I just, I wanna take a second and I, I want to make this clear. Most of you probably know this because you're very smart people, but there is a fundamental difference between Christianity and all other religions. I'm gonna tell you what it is. You can go to the grave of Muhammad and he is there. You can go to Joseph Smith, you can go to his grave. Guess what? He's there. You can go to Buddha, you can go to his grave. He's there. You can go to the grave of Jesus Christ and he is not there. Hallelujah. <laughs> the tomb is empty. 
Listen, you want to know what religion to follow? You want to know how to minister to your friends who are not believers in Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you what, I want to represent and I want to worship a God who is alive today, not dead, not in a grave. I don't want to go to a grave of a God that I'm supposed to worship if he's still dead. You have the keys to something that the entire world needs. I don't care if you call yourself an evangelist. I'm so sick and tired of like, my office is evangelist and my office is not, so I'm not going to do that. You are called to make disciples of the world with the good news. Y'all know that the resurrection of Jesus is arguably one of the most, not tested, that's probably not, one of the most argued pieces of history. It's also the best attested fact of history. Any, any, we got any history buffs? Anybody history buffs in here? My husband loves history. He remembers things that I don't even know they taught me in grade school. It's awesome. He teaches me a lot of things. But listen, the resurrection of Christ is real. I, I went to Bible college and you'd often hear around campus, um, you know, if, if Jesus didn't rise, would you still believe? And you'd, you'd hear these questions, and they're just trying to stir you up and get you thinking. And, and, and I've heard as I've ministered to people, well, I can believe in a God, but I don't know if I believe in the fact that he resurrected. Listen, there's, there's three areas that, is this okay? I'm going to go here for a second, because y'all need to know this. There's three, three things that people argue against the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first one, like we read in one of the accounts in the Gospels, is that the disciples stole the body. But you know what the problem with this is? The problem is these guards who, who would stand outside of the tomb were on guard to make sure that very thing didn't happen. If they fell asleep, they would be executed. So I don't know about y'all, but if I'm on a job, and even if I'm sleepy, even if I haven't had my cup of joe for the morning, like the fact that I would be killed if I fell asleep would be a good enough reason for me to like do jumping jacks or keep myself awake. If a Roman guard was caught sleeping, they knew that they would be killed. So this argument can't hold up. There's another argument that all these people were just hallucinating. That, oh, they didn't see Jesus. He didn't appear to them. They were just hallucinating. The problem with hallucinations and people who study hallucinations is that one, maybe two, maybe three people at a time can hallucinate, but 500 at one time, not typical, not normal, hasn't happened. And psychologists would even argue that that's not possible. And you tell me, well, maybe one of them, maybe they were lying. Maybe there's, out of 500 people, there gotta be a snitch in the group, right? If it wasn't real, somebody's speaking up somewhere. But I think the most powerful testament to the resurrection. And I shared this with y'all because these are just good tools. It's like a wrench and a hammer for you for when people bring these things. Y'all get nervous like, oh, I don't know how to argue the proof of the resurrection. Just simple tools. But I think the most profound proof of the resurrection is the life of the disciples. I mean, the, the, the transformation of the disciples is wild to me. You have Paul, who, who went and killed men, women, and children who were proclaiming the name of Jesus, and he's radically transformed. And you have these disciples, most of them were martyred for, for preaching the, the good news. I mean, if it's me, I think if it's you, you probably wouldn't risk your life for something you did not believe in. 
Think about the story of, of even Stephen. Gosh, that story will wreck you. I think about Paul and Peter. It, it didn't matter who said what. They were going to go preach the resurrection of Jesus because they had been with him. They had experienced it. And I don't think that they would have gotten up in front of people just ready to be killed if it was a lie, if they didn't truly believe in it. There's a powerful co a quote. It says, the most powerful historical proof of the resurrection is the resurrected disciples. And it's the same for us. The most powerful proof in your life that Jesus is alive, you wanna minister to those around you, it's a resurrected life. It's the life that you walk in. It's the life that we carry. Resurrection life. There was even a um, last nerdy piece of information, an atheist archeologist, Sir William Ramsey. Anybody ever read about him, maybe in school? He, um, he ended up converting to Christianity, but he spent 15 years of his life trying to um, defute the, the uh, letter of, of Luke. And he, he says this, he goes, Luke is a historian of first rank. This author should be placed along with the very greatest of historians. This is a man, and this has happened to a lot of atheists who start to, to study the proof of the New Testament, specifically the resurrection of Jesus. They end up getting saved. So just tell your atheist friends, just be like, hey, read your Bible, come back, we'll talk. Like God will just get on right there. You don't have to do anything. This is good news this morning. We worship a living breathing, walking, active God, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And if, if, he didn't, if he didn't die and he didn't resurrect, then that would mean he did not conquer sin and death. I don't know about y'all, but I, I need him to have conquered sin and death for me to have resurrection. But it's true, he did. And, and, and he, he, he hung on that cross. Anybody ever see the passion? Oh man, I don't mess you. He hung on that cross and he took on all of your bad theology. <laughs> he took on all your thoughts. He took on all your conversations that weren't holy. He took on all your sin. He took on all your doubts, even those that are against him. He, he literally took them on as a man so that we would have resurrected life that we would have resurrected life. Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He goes on to say, do you believe this? You want an evangelism tool? John eleven twenty five. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him, though you die, you'll live. Do you believe this? It's as easy as that. He's the resurrection and the life. The first part of the angel's message throughout all of these gospels is he is risen. He says to them, he is risen. So go tell every single account. Go and tell they need the good news. Listen, if Mercedes or Lexus or your favorite car lot, just insert whatever your favorite car is, if today we found out that they were given away free cars, for the next three hours, they're giving, Mercedes is giving away free cars. How many of y'all be telling people? You be calling your auntie and your cousin and your brother and your dad like, hey, they're giving away free Mercedes, go get you a car. The whole world would know in minutes because that would be a form of good news, right? But we have the best news. 
We have the resurrection. We have the resurrected Jesus that we get to worship and live with. And it, it means a hope and a future for us, for all of us. It means a hope and a future for your knucklehead cousins. Romans 8.11 says, <laughs> they're like, yes, <laughs> receive. <laughs> Romans 8.11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is what Jesus and the angel is stressing time after time again. When Jesus appears, he's like, listen, go. This is when he sends the disciples out. Go and tell everybody of the good news. Go and tell, go and tell, go and make, my, go and make disciples. You will be my witnesses. It doesn't say those of you who went to Bible college, those of you who were trained, those of you who, he says, no, no, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a mandate on your life. Even if you've come in here this morning and you're like, I haven't, I haven't ever accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We'll get that done at the end of service. It's a mandate on your life. It's a mandate on the church to go and tell. I, I, I'm almost finished. The second point from our gospels here is that he goes before you, that he's gone before you. The angel says, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. I love that the angel's like, now I've told you. He's going ahead of you. There you'll meet him. Now I've told you. <laughs> it's like a little kid tattling or something. See, Jesus took on your fears and your failures. He took it all on. He took it all on so that you wouldn't have to bear that, that you would, again, be able to live a resurrected life. We don't just celebrate the resurrection today. We don't just celebrate it. We actually are invited in to experience the resurrection. There's an area in your life that feels dead, that feels hopeless, that you've been questioning. The God that we worship is a God of resurrection. He's a God that, that makes all things new. He wants to resurrect areas of your life this morning. He's gone before you. He went ahead of you. He's already ahead of you. He already sees the yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's gone ahead of you. And I believe that Jesus going ahead to Galilee was actually a call of faith. Because listen, Jesus, if you read the word, we've read enough today, so I won't keep going, but he tells his disciples, okay, I'm gonna go ahead to Galilee. I'm gonna be crucified and die, but then I'll meet you in Galilee. He's already told them, you know, but we read the word and we're like, how'd they not know, silly people? But then we probably would be one of those people like, oh yeah, he did tell us. He's telling them, but it actually is a call to faith. It's a call to believe that Christ already conquered every single thing. That no matter what it looks like, he's already gone ahead of you. No matter what your circumstances look like, he's already resurrected something. Y'all know that Saturday had to be like a really poopy day for them. I mean, it really just had to be I can't even imagine. I feel so, like, so, it's sobering on Saturdays for me right before Easter because I'm thinking, wow, all of these people who saw Jesus crucified on the cross, all their hope was in him. He, he was the one. He had came. They were like, yes, finally a king, those who believed. And then they, they watch him be crucified and die. And Saturday's silent. It had to be like the biggest letdown to the greatest story in history. 
And I know that there's some of you, people have written about the Silent Saturday, there's powerful writings on it, but I know that there's some of you who maybe you feel like, I'm in a Saturday. He done been silent for a lot of Saturdays on my side. The reality is, if you worship the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the resurrected Jesus, he's already gone ahead of you. He's not unaware of your Saturday. He's not unaware of the things that are going on in your life. Just like he told the disciples, I'm going ahead. Meet me there. Meet me on the other side. Meet me in the place. You know, Jerusalem was highly emotional. Meet me in the place that's not highly emotional and crazy. In fact, some historians and scholars would say that he asked them to go to Galilee because people would say that they were hallucinating if they stayed in the area. So meet me there. Believe what I have said and, and have faith that I'm going ahead of you. Isaiah had prophesied about Galilee. Jesus had talked about Galilee. Even when he's sitting at the Last Supper, he's talking, about, it's not new news, but it's a call to faith. And I think it's true for us today. Christ gives promises in the word of God. There are promises written. You want a good book to read? It's called the Holy Bible. Read that one before you put a bunch of other books on your list. The answers Yes, the answers, the recommendations, the advice, it's all in the word of God. And if we just get our nose and our eyes in there more often, it would become clear that we live a life of resurrection with Jesus Christ, that we can trust him, that he goes before us, that he's ahead of us. God is, does not operate in time. He's ahead of you. But it's a call to faith. It's a call to know, okay, he's risen. We're to tell other people and to know that he goes ahead of us. If we can just stay in that place, okay, he's risen. We're to tell people and he's gone ahead of us. Then we'll be a lot better off. I'll have Tiffany or Jesse come up and just play for a minute. We're gonna do two things as we end here. We're gonna take communion at the, at the end here in just a couple of minutes as a reminder of what Jesus has done for you. And there's something about communion that it's a weapon of thankfulness. If you can come to the table and you go, wow, I do this with my kids almost every morning. They call it immunion. We're working on the communion part. But they ask for immunion every morning, even when I forget. And every morning I say, this is Jesus' body broken for you. And this is his blood shed for you. And then we just give thanks. If you just give thanks, there's something that it does to you. Give thanks for what he's done. Because there's no situation, there's no sickness, there's no issue too great for God. Because it was all done at the cross. But before we do that, we're going to do it family style. If you've never done that with us, if you're new here, you're just going to grab the person next to you and come and take communion. We have stations on both sides and then one in the corner there. But before we jump into that, if you were here this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ... Maybe you've come in and you've worshiped another God. Maybe you've come in and you're like, yeah, I just came for the brunch, but they made me come to church first. And God began to speak to you during the message, during the worship, during the time of prayer. Today is the day. You know that we make a decision to accept Jesus that has an eternal ramification, an eternal purpose. And you don't want to delay a decision because it'll keep you from actually making the right one. The delay will always make the decision harder. So if you will, I just want you to shut your eyes with me. I'm just going to let them strum for a second. We're going to take communion. 
but an eternal reaction, a decision for Christ this morning is incredibly important. You might be sitting there and you might be thinking, I don't have peace, I don't have joy, I don't feel resurrected life in me, but Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If you repent of your sins and you're willing to change the way that you live, you surrender it all to him. The word of God says that Christ will come and live in you. Hebrews 11.25 says there's pleasure in sin for a short while but your bodies will fade and there's resurrection available. The hope of eternity, you guys, the hope of eternity is available. You will either choose to be with Jesus for all of eternity or be completely separated from God for all of eternity. If you've come in this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to put your hands up. Everybody just shut your eyes. This isn't about who's doing what. Come on, just raise your hand if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've come, come in here. You've never accepted him before. I know there's some of you. There literally is a cousin that God invited to church because you're going to, to lunch afterwards. God's calling you home. It's not a day of delay. It's the day of resurrection. Come on, with everybody's eyes shut, there's, there's some of you in here this morning. You've never given your life to Jesus. Today is the day. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. If, if, you, if you've believed that there's more than one way, you are mistaken. There's only one way. You wanna know that you have the hope and the glory of the future. You wanna know that you will live forever in eternity with Jesus Christ. You have to accept Jesus Christ into your life. Come on, this is why we gather, because we worship a resurrected king. And if you're in here this morning, you've never given your life. If all y'all have given your life to Jesus, we're all going out ministering right now. <laughs> Father, I thank you, Lord, for touching the lives of the people here this morning. God, I thank you that you are alive, that you are active. Father, we give you glory this morning. We thank you that all of our hope and our future is in you. <laughs> that all of our hope and our future is in you, Lord. That you take away the guilty pieces of our lives. That you take away the sin. That you conquer death and sin. That you rose again. And that you are alive, Father. We bless your name. Come on, touch the person next to you. Touch their shoulder. God, I thank you for each person in this room, Father. I thank you for the hope of eternity. Come on, we're going to practice something real quick. Just say, do you believe? Say to them, do you believe? Say to your right, then say to your left, say, do you believe? You might lead someone to Jesus right now. You, the ministry team, congratulations. Say, do you believe? Come on, I'm serious. Do you believe? Do you believe? You get to ask them. If it's awkward, it's fine. Jesus said to Martha, do you believe? I was ministering at a conference one time and I was doing an altar call and the Lord said, you know that woman sitting right there is a Muslim, why don't you go and minister to her? And I'm like, ah, oh, but she, she takes care of my kids at the gym 
and I don't want it to be awkward, Lord. And he said, you can't give an altar call and not go after the one. So I got down off the stage and I went to her and I said, listen, the God that you worship is not the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's not the resurrected Jesus. And I'm pretty bold, but I was like, If you care about your family and your friends, if you care about your life, you want to make sure that there is security in eternity. We got to get out of this place of it's going to be weird, it's going to be awkward, and we have to start getting to the hearts of people because their eternity relies on it. Otherwise, they're going to be separated from Jesus for all of eternity. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up, and then I'm going to release y'all to take communion. Family self, you've never taken communion. If you don't know what that means, come find me. I will gladly take communion with you. It's one of my greatest things. And if, if you're in here and you still want to give your life to the Lord, we'll, we'll be up here. We'll be up here to pray for you, okay? We bless you guys. Come on, everybody, on the count of three, say, Jesus is alive. One, two, three. Come on, come on. All right, come grab communion. We bless you all. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.